everybody? This is Jake, the Mississippi Superman Reeves, and we're super excited. What episode is this, Mo? Uh, 192. 192. 192. Um, we love our Mo. Yeah, he's the man. I was just telling him how much we appreciate him beforehand. 192. We're closing in on 200. We're going to do a party? How you feel? We need to do something. How you feeling right now, dude? We're like a month away from 200. Yeah. I, you know what? It, I'm just realizing it. You know what, though? If we do, if that falls right, 200 is going to be a Wednesday episode. That's fine. There's gonna be a lot. Oh, we need to are better that. anyway. Uh, you don't think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really give a shit. It's not oh, too important okay. to me. I mean, if we wanted to, we could skip one and just do 200 lot. You know, or or just do a one uh, 199.5 episode. <laughs> I kind of like that. Like, I think that'd be funny. <laughs> do a, like a 199.5. Yeah. So For we sure. can do the Hell yeah. Tyler. If you're listening, you better bring your bitch ass out here. Oh, Lord. he's got to be here on 200. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to figure. I out will go get him. I don't even care if he's out of town. I'll go get him and bring him here for 200 and take him back. Like, he's got to be here for 200, for well, sure. Last time we had them little poppers and shit, they was all in our tequila and stuff. No, it was, I bet it was I drank horrible. a bunch We're of not it. doing that again, especially with the, 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 silly, the string. silly string. It took weeks to get that out. Dude, it was all in my shot glass and everything. I just drank it. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, it grossed me out when you did it. I mean, I, you did a lot of it. You uh, gang- did a lot of silly string. Gangsters do gangster stuff from time it, to time, dude. Ooh, I'm going to yeah, yeah, well. yeah, it was, it was gangster. <laughs> like, I remember I had too much in mine. He, like, swapped with me. And, like, there was, like, a lot in That's there. That's because we had several shots deep. And by and then, just, I was just like. He just. Tank. He took, like, he took like an ounce and a half of silly For string to episode bed. 200, yeah. none of us are driving. We all need DDs. Uh, I agree. Turn okay. up. I don't know. Well, yeah, Turn I don't know. I'm, I, might, I might be over my sober kid, which I was going to get a drink last episode, too. So, um, I have, I have, I'll be honest with you. I have not really enjoyed getting super drunk like that. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I'm, y'all remember that moonshot episode? That moonshot has been the last time I've been drunk. Dude, I, that. And we all it had much the, ruined alcohol. For we me. had the following symptoms. All of us the next day. Oh, Bruh, dude, I, I, I have honestly, I've been over alcohol since then. Like, I, if you, if y'all notice, I don't drink as much as I used to. Like, I don't. I'm, I'm almost never drunk on the show now. I'm like almost never. Speak for yourself. And I know. Speak for myself. I remember last week, brother. Um, hey, <laughs> you were you were in there deep by that by that end of that Wednesday episode. That's fun. Um, that'll be on October 29th if it. If I play that okay. right, we'll be October 29th. So, uh, that's uh, that's a uh, that's a uh, you were deep, you know. But that's something I'm just not interested in. Like ever since that, that has ruined getting drunk. To be for me. honest with you, I wasn't interested in it either. You it talking about the moonshine? <laughs> yeah, after the moonshine. <laughs> oh man, that messed me up for a week, dude. Yeah, well, easy. And my stomach was not right for days, oh. brother. Dude, next day we were all talking. We were like, yeah. "Do you feel like I feel?" Yeah, I feel so, like hell. Something was not. It right. took me a week. A week to get over it. Like I felt like I was poisoned. Yeah. Like I, my, I could not hold down food for a week. I so didn't feel bad, but I could. I, did. I, I was. Everything was coming straight in and out. Yeah, I felt bad. So this guy's open mic. He plays violin or fiddle, however you want to put it. And he'll, he'll step what in. Kind of music he's doing? Yeah, he'll step in with me and to me. play sometimes. And uh, that's dope. We were talking. I love me some uh, good fiddle, dude. You, yeah. fuck, I love me some good fiddle. They're dope. It's just, you know, like we talked about. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But anyway, to the point of the story is, like, I was talking with him, getting to know a little bit about his past, and uh, he's in, like, the Pickens County, uh, South Lamar County area that I'm from okay, in Alabama. And I didn't know he was a transplant from Asheville, North Carolina. Really? And, uh, I don't know why that's interesting yet. Uh, Appalachian Mountains, and that's where popcorn is from when it comes oh, to moonshine. Okay. Huh. And he's, like, personally knew the guy. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, dude, like, last time I drank moonshine, I think I'm finished. 
Yeah, I believe I'm finished with moonshine. Such a horrible experience. Yeah, I'm done with it. And the thing about it is, I think that like your really good store bought moonshine, moonshine probably won't do that. Yeah, but it's, that's not even moonshine at that point. That was that's real moonshine, and it wasn't even flavored. Yeah, uh, most real moonshine is not. I know it, but I prefer the flavored. Yeah, shit. You want that shit from Old Smoky? Yeah, but you, that, want, you want that no, Smoky Mountain moonshine? You want that no, peach? I got some from Kevin Moore one time. I think that was Smoky Mountain moonshine. I don't know what it was, but it was I, tough. I think I think that might have been. Store bought, may have been. I think I, it was too he good. It, he man. It he may have, jar. but it did. It was, well, you know, <laughs> you, buy, no, you buy it in a jar. No, no, this guy, he was like, "This is good shit." Yeah, no, but like the, the, the smoky <laughs> mountain moonshine. Oh yeah, yeah take, take the label off of it. Yeah, because yeah. you buy it in a jar. Like he could just put it in the jar. Back then, I, I wasn't even familiar with that smoky mountain. Tennessee moonshine yet at that point. I thought it was and real. It had that cinnamon stick in it. And I was like, oh man, this shit's for real. It's come from the Alabama foothills. May, maybe, maybe it was something that a buddy has made, but man, it was real good. It was like, it was like as good as anything I'd ever. The only thing he out told me, Old gave, Smoky, whatever it is. What's the name of that one? Smoky Mountain moonshine. Yeah, yeah Old Smoky. Old Smoky. Old Smoky. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. He but told y'all me, were just not going with it, so I just wanted to make sure. Oh, I think that's it. Old Smoky. Okay. Yeah. He is told it? me when he gave it to me. He said, look. He said, "Don't get carried away with this." He said, "Before you know it, you'll be dancing naked in the street." Yeah, I was like, God, no man. shit, brother. Yeah, man, that stuff messed me up bad. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just don't know that I'm willing to. I don't know that I'm willing to risk it if it is the same experience on the good stuff. Like, I don't know that I'm willing. Like, and I've drunk moonshine before, but I've, I've, I've never been gone, gone on moonshine. Like, I just, like, I, I'll be honest with y'all. I've only been like drunk, drunk, drunk a couple times in my life. Like, it's been, I can count that. I've only thrown up once ever. Dude, take me back to those high school days. You were more focused, like, in the fight scene in those New Hope days. Like, so you were at these parties and you were just sober? I did not drink at all. Really? Yeah. Why do you think I never lost a street fight? Fair enough. I mean, honestly, you go to these parties and you're sober and, like, like fighting these drunk guys was like cheat codes. Like yeah, it really was it, not fair. Yeah. Like they, like I'd have whooped their ass if they'd have been sober. But they're so drunk, they're already falling over. You know how easy it is to get a one punch knockout on a dude that's been drinking yeah. a while. You just you just tap him. Yeah. I mean, you you look like Anderson Silva out there. They're slow. They're winding up. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, it's nothing. First. And you just pop, and it's done. You know what I mean? Like even if they think, because most of the dudes that are dr- so drunk that they're getting into fights, those dudes are usually drunk. Not all the time. Not all the time. But usually yeah. those dudes are pretty drunk. They've been drinking. Like maybe they're not stumbling, maybe they're not slurring, but they've been drinking. But they, you and know, they, and they think they got and everything. They, it was just enough alcohol to give them a lot of confidence. They're not stumbling <laughs> around, brother. If you've been drinking, your button is easier to push. If you've had a couple of beers in you, even just one or two, most of the time, yep. you could withstand more punishment if you were sober. Yep. You are decreasing the amount of punishment your brain's going to take before it goes lights out. If you're six, seven drinks in. Brother, you're going out. Oh yeah, I'm going to touch you, dude, and you're going to sleep. When, when I hit people, that their was the timings off. Their now, depth hit, perceptions off. Everything. I can off. hit pretty hard now. Like I can hit. I got some. I got. If I want to throw heat, I can throw some hard shots. Yeah. Okay. I do have. I've got power. I don't have that ungodly like Eric Anders type power, but I got power. I got natural power. One thing. Man, one I'm thing say I you got some power, bro. One thing I want to <laughs> appreciate it. Like on the fitness journey I'm about to begin, and I get in shape. I want to feel your fucking punch one day. Well, you ain't got to be insane, brother. We can do it after this fucking podcast. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we I can do it on the phone. You can do it live, brother. I, like, I don't know if I, that's something I'd ask for. That's no, but I, I do. You know, like. You mean like you want to feel like 100%? I'm maybe, or just like sparring, uh, sparring round? 
Because, like, even fighting, I'm only throwing, like, 80. That shit hurts, I, dude. I'm just going to let you I'm know. only throwing 80 because I get tired too quick if I throw 100. I'm, I've been curious, man. I'm, it's not – it's it's really not unbelievable. My power – I don't have unbelievable Because, you know, you tell the Eric Anders story, think. and I'm like, man, I've been I've been hit, and I, I, I just want to I just want to see what like, – I can't – I don't have Eric Anders' power. I'm not saying you do, but – I don't I, have – I'm not even close. Like, I've got, I've got enough power I can get a one-punch knockout. You know, not everybody really has that all the time. I'm like, not saying I know that. how to punch well enough. I can snap, and I, I'm fast. Everybody's quick. I don't know if I'd short, you short yourself that much. Dude, when you fought Eric Anders, you were 50 pounds lighter than you are now. Yeah. Well, I was, and thir- 10 I was years, 30 pounds 10 years lighter. less experience. 40, 40 pounds lighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, now, I was you're, dude, you're Eric fucking, Anders. I, where are you, brother? Oh, for sure. I yeah, thought you were coming home. Oh, yeah. I need to follow up with him. Yeah. What the hell, brother? Your power style, dude. And you, you're, yeah, I, you, I just you don't have that to... next level power. I don't have that yeah. power where just like everybody I touch is going to sleep. Like I've got, to, I'm usually, I'm usually catching you deep in the round. There's a high percentage of them that are. A lot of them are, are really powerful and wobble you. Yeah. But I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those punches that just like at a really high level against other really good fighters that I'm just touching them and they're going out. How like you, a lot of these dudes, this next level, they take. I mean, you got to think. Eric Andrews is going five five minute rounds with people and they're taking it the whole time and keeping going. Like those like a, like dudes, a Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou type oh, power you talking about? Yeah, and, and they're that's taking touching these shots. You, it's touching units, right? Yeah. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of these dudes at this, that's a different kind of power. Oh, like I've sure. got the kind of power. Like a lot of normal people, I put them out. Mm-hmm. And if you're out of shape, it makes it a little easier, you know. But these dudes in the next level, these dudes can yeah. take damage. And there's just yeah. some people. There are some people that just can take damage better than other people. Some people just go to sleep earlier, and some people don't go to sleep. You just you can hit them with a train, and they just don't go out. It's just natural. Yeah, some people just it don't matter. And that's unreal. that's what does scare me a little bit about street fighting. That's why if I were only a boxer, I'd be really scared to get into street fights because. The thing about jujitsu, everybody goes to sleep when they're choked. If I put you in her neck and choke, you're going to sleep, bro. There's like there is like some people that have like a weird deformity in their neck, so they have like the 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 like the veins and the and the arteries are a little deeper or something, and it makes it harder. That's uh, nobody. I've never met that person. You know, they do say they exist, but I've met quite a few people I couldn't put out. I've met quite a few people that I've tried to put out and couldn't. Would. Choking punches. or punches? Yeah. Yeah. punches. I've, I've met a few people that I've unloaded some bombs on, yeah. and they just did not respond. Those people like that, dude. There, yeah. There's some of them out there. Like, um, Yo, Romero, who just, they built different. Or uh, Mike Perry. He's one of them. Yeah, yeah, just started. built different. Yeah. Man. They just, just built yeah, different. Even like a Forrest Griffin. The, uh, the, just, the fucking, his face is made differently. The Muay Thai fucking uh, Rod Tang. Is that him? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Where, he, where he just lets people punch him. They're just, yeah. He'll jaw, let people, iron he'll just, he'll just drop his hands and be like, come on. And like the Shaolin guy, too. Yeah. He'll just drop his hands and be like, come uh-huh. on. And they'll just doosh, 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 and just unload. And he's just, and part of that is he's really braced. He sees it coming. The punch that knocks you out normally is the one you don't see coming. Yeah. That's the punch that gets you. It's the punch. And that's why it's hard. Another reason it's harder to knock out these guys at a high level. They see most stuff coming. They've been fighting for so long. Like, they know what you're about to do. Like, they know they know the next move. It's really hard to trap them. It's really hard to, like, because they're trapping you, too. You're both playing this, like, Rubik's Cube game of, like, how do I get in and land something without getting hit? How do I? Whereas in a street fight, these guys are coming in. They're opening up wide, showing their chin, big, wide mm-hmm. punches. Mm-hmm. They've been drinking. They're leaning all their body weight forward. So if it lands, it's going to be hard. But you see it coming really far away. So you you can kind of – you just get out of the way or you step into it. That's that's one thing. If I got somebody punching wide, if you go watch my boxing match with uh, Suji Fox, if I got somebody, I don't mm-hmm. back away from those because it, it puts me kind of – I might get caught as I'm stepping out. What I do is I step into them. 
So, like, if I see a big punch coming, I'll step in with a shot. Get in the storm. Yeah, so I to step speak. in so that now I'm getting hit with bicep and, and arm. I'm not catching not, punch. Not clean shit. I'm not getting connected clean. I'm stepping into him and I'm catching him clean, stepping in or yeah. stepping out. But I'm stepping into the storm. That's what an inside fighter in boxing does. He steps in like a Mike Tyson. You step inside and you cut those long wind up punches up and off. And then, it, you know, you mm-hmm. it's, it's just easier to counter. Um, the problem is when people stop doing that big windup and they're they're coming clean with jabs. Now, how do you get around that? You know, you're out the gate, and uh, we're doing these party fights and New Hope, and then you. I'm getting interviewed this episode. Yeah, you are. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to welcome to Alan's show, guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs> like where, uh, like where where did the training come from? I mean, it wasn't school hard knocks. I mean, you got some real training. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I've told you how I got started training, right? Yeah, you have. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was fighting in the backyard at the time. And the first time I started training with somebody, it was actually before I started fighting in the backyard. You know Flip? Little Filipino dude? I don't think smokes I do. A lot, he sells a lot of weed. Smokes mm-hmm. a lot of weed. Um, Shout out to you, baby. He was doing some boxing in the backyard when I was, like, 16. Um, and I'd done, like, karate and stuff. But this dude, he was like five bucks a class. And you just come, and everybody gets together. You give, I'll give a Flip your five dollars. And he was a little gangster, you know. And he, and he, he had trained actually with my cousin Jason Reeves, my distant cousin. Um, I've actually never met face to face. We just talked on the phone a couple of times over about fighting. You know, he was a kickboxer, and Hess, who he had trained with. Where's he and live at? He's from uh, Amory area, oh, Smithpool. Get him on there then. Um, uh, oh, okay. No. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but anyway. <laughs> He had trained with him, and we were training in the backyard and sparring, doing body boxing. He was just teaching us like real basic stuff. But honestly, for no more experience than he had, he, you know, he uh, even looking back as a striking coach now, it's like he was teaching a lot of good fundamental like striking. Yeah, I mean, and, and the stuff where, that Jason had just taught him. And that's where I'm getting at, like with you and Mo and guys. I mean, even Phil here at the gym, it's like talking about like what certifies a person to be able to that mat right there. Yeah. That's that's how it's done. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have a black belt certification? Whatever, I actually don't have a certification. Alan didn't give me what I've got a brown belt. Like it's a piece of paper. But what certifies you is right time, out there. Getting, great. That's it. Putting time in the work. Yep. And and you can question me and I can answer it out there. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like that. That's the difference. Sometimes you'll get people ask they'll ask him, can I can we fool around in the cage for a minute? Like a guy from the street. No, yeah, I've, well, I've, yeah I've the had, working yeah. man wars are similar to that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've, but I've had people come in and want to fight me before. Yeah, well, I'm just talking about people in class. Be like, you know, let me get in the cage for a minute, and they'll yeah. get in there and just. And then what? Do, let them fight. Not like, fight spar hard. Spar hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like with me. Yeah, yeah. You were just in general. Right. They just so want to get in there and just yeah. see what I guess feel what it's like. See what yeah. it's like to. Um, if you can't back that up against a resisting opponent, you're not legitimate. Like you, like fair enough. If if. I, I know I'm legit. You know you're legitimate, and I know if somebody's like I can get on the mat with somebody who teaches jujitsu, and usually within a couple minutes of rolling with them, I can tell if they're legit or not. Mm-hmm. Now it's not always am I beating them or am I, are they beating me? Because some of that's athletic, but in just terms of the of the, does this dude know jujitsu? I can usually fill that out within the first, <laughs> honestly, ten seconds of the roll. Like, is okay? This guy knows what he's doing. Same this guy's wrestling. I can feel. Yeah, I can feel it. Like, okay, even if it's not maybe he had trained, I can get with somebody who wrestled. Usually within a couple minutes, rolling. I'm like, "Did you wrestle?" He's like, "Yeah, in college." You know, it's like oh, I can tell, like, because it's the the mat is the truth, like the ring, the cage is the truth. Everything, all this karate bullshit, it can be bullshit. 
we don't spar. We don't fight outside of, outside of the dojo. We don't spar hard in the dojo. We don't want anybody to get hurt. We're just going to break boards and do katas. Cool. Mm-hmm. It, really, it day, really is a speaking point for it. Cause at, at the end of the day, the, the cage, the street, the uh, fight, that yeah. is the truth. Because we used to have – we had a guy come at the old gym, and um, he even fought here at the Trotter, claimed he fought for a royal – you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and kind of said he was a boxer and all that, and then when you get in the cage, you expose yourself. Yeah. Or when you just get in the ring, it's like, no, dude, you're yeah. not a yeah. fucking boxer. Dude. I can you tell cannot. by watching you. Yep. Like, yeah, I can see you're in your backyard every day, yep. and you're hitting the – you're not a boxer. You're yeah. lying. Come in you're here not fighting at the level that you're, you're claiming you fight at. I had a guy – I had that happen. Um, had a guy that came in, and that's kind of what he was talking about. I had a guy that came in and was saying all that. That he, you know, he was a he had was, half the town on his back. Yeah, he everybody thought he was nineteen and one or eighteen and one as a professional boxer, yeah. brother. If you're eighteen and one as a professional boxer, you're a motherfucker. Yep. like you're a motherfucker. Like you're you're you are this much of the fighting population. You are you are beginning to headline shows. You are now like you're you're welcome, welcome Deontay Wilder. You know, right? That's that's you're 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 getting ready for those kind of fights yeah. at eighteen and one, like. You're incredible because your first, maybe your first nine, ten fights were gimmies against tough guys, guys that can fight. Because what y'all got to realize is these gimme fights, these 0 and 10 guys in boxing are the toughest dudes you've ever met. They're still bringing it. They're you know still what I mean? Coming. Like, yeah. it's the toughest guy in your neighborhood. It's the guy that in your neighborhood that nobody wants to fuck with. That dude's got hands. That's the 0 and 10 guy in boxing. That's the gimme guy. That's the guy. He don't train enough. He's not in real good shape, but he can bang. He's got power. He can take a good shot. That's enough to beat the shit out of ninety nine point nine percent of the population. He was the guy at your party at the high in high school that beating was the shit out of beating people. everybody, yeah. beating the shit out of people. He probably was. That's the yeah. zero and ten guy in boxing. Yeah. That's your two and twelve guy. That's your guy who's who's had thirty fights and he's you know he's probably he's probably ten and 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 twenty five. What do you? What do you call them? Journeyman? Journeyman. Your journeyman boxers are the toughest dudes in the neighborhood. Okay? The dudes who are 18 and 1, 18 and 2, those guys are special. Phenoms. These guys are special. These guys are touched by God. These guys are just different than the rest of everybody else. Most of your boxers that work really, really hard and are um, talented, they got 500 records. They're 6 and 6. They're 7 and 5. They're they're 10 and, 10 and, and 11. They're 500 fighters. And normal people look at that record and they just kind of shrug their short right. shoulders and they're like, well, that's why they got the Here's term the thing. Key- that's me. Keyboard warriors. That's me. I'm, no, a, I'm the I'm 500. I'm people lower than that. You're right, yeah. The, they're the just talking shit. Did, yeah, talking shit. They're just talking shit. Yeah. So this dude comes in the gym and he's Arms claiming he's 18 and 1. And I'm like, brother, I got nothing for you. Like, I just straight said to his face, I was like, brother, I got nothing for you. For you. I, I can't handle you. Like, I'm not good enough for you. If you're 18 and 1, I can't take you on as a coach. I have not coached any boxing especially anywhere near that level. Like, I mean, my boxing coaching experience is low-level pro, a little bit mostly low-level amateur. You know, like, I'm not – I'm, I'm not I – and I, and I can't spar with you, and none of my guys can either. Mm. I was like, if you want to go back there and get some work, I will gladly glo- go glove up out of respect for how good you are and the fact that, you know – I can it, say I've done I'll it. Say that I, I'll, right, I'll say that I trained with you one time, and we're boys – but if you're 18 and one as a, as a as a pro brother, you need to go somewhere else. You need to start a gym. You need to move. You need to move. You need to at least move to Tuscaloosa and work with Deontay's crew. Like you you need you you shouldn't be in Columbus. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody. There's not a lot yeah. here for you. So anyway, and he was like, "Well, let's glove up. Let's let's do it." And I glove up with him, and <laughs> the bell rings, and I'm like, "Okay, like I'm, I'm gonna have to bring my A game." And you're bringing your A game. I'm bringing A game. Like I'm bringing like okay, this dude, and I beat was you there. This was at the old gym. I wasn't there at the moment, but I remember when this happened. Yeah. Oh. I beat the shit out of him. 
And I start, I, I catch him a couple times, and I'm like, okay, he's letting me work, and homie, I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, like I, like I probably, he's, he, he thought we were going to start slower, because that'll happen. Like you get some of these fighters coming in, and their first round or two, they're, they're just kind of, they're just kind of moving. Poison. Yeah, they're just, it's just a little, they're, they're going kind of light, and some people want to go really light. Usually boxers want to go hard though, so I'm thinking he's going to knock me out. He's going, he's going to try to drop me because boxers usually spar real hard. I was honestly a little scared of it. I don't like sparring boxers like this. They just, they just really like to spar hard. And I'll do it. When I got fights coming up, I do it. Because it's like, I feel like I'm, but I'm fighting to get ready for the fight. You know, like it's, it takes a little bit too much out of me. I got to take a couple days off from, from training sometimes because it'll, I'll get, take a little too much damage. Um, or I can't train as hard. Anyway, I start piecing them up and I'm like, this isn't right. Like I'm, I'm landing clean. He hasn't hit me yet. His jab's not connecting at all. Like my, my jab is connecting at will. Um, He's full of shit. I'm like, okay, this isn't Big right. Time. I said, but there was a little bit of like arrogance in me that was like, back up. Maybe I'm a lot better than I thought. <laughs> right? So like, I'm thinking like, I'm going to pair him up with my, I've got some other, he's like a 155er. I got some other 155ers in there. I got. I had a pro one fifty five. And where were you sitting at that time? Like one eighty? Uh, no, like two forty, two fifty. Oh wow! I was fat and out of shape at the time. This was before I got in shape. This time, this was on the journey getting in shape. Now, yeah, this was cross town. So yeah, so was I was like it. not really training at that time. I was fat and out of shape, and so I'm like, maybe my hands are just a lot better than I thought. So I'm gonna pair them up. I had a pro fifty five or MMA guy who had a losing record. Um, who before it had only been with me for a little, but he was like seven and four. And then I had an amateur MMA guy who was like two and oh, two and three and oh, three and one or something. And these are guys you were training with. These are guys I'm training. I know they're not at that level. I know they can't, they're not ready to box at that level. And they beat the shit out of him. Like just as bad as I did, probably. And I'm like, something's not, it it just doesn't add up. And I knew right then, I was like, this dude's a piece of shit. But he had, but what had me questioning, he had the packet that wrote articles on him. He had the dispatch. He had the dispatch writing articles on him. He had, he was going and speaking at schools because he had told everybody in town this was true and nobody fact checked it. Not a single local paper fact checked this guy. Nobody looked up to say, hey, is this dude full of shit? Because guess what? He was. And he hoodwinked the whole town of Columbus, Mississippi. He hoodwinked. (laughs) Every, almost every media outlet in this town. In this town. Yeah. And he just showed up at your gym And he one showed day. up at my gym because he had stole a and medal. And still headlined two events of the Drotter. He didn't headline. Did, or was he co? Huh? He, was, he was on the, the no, main. No, I was co on his first one. Uh, he, he, okay. No, because Oliver okay. knew he was full of shit. Oliver, ma- oh, okay, okay, Oliver okay. matched him with another O&O. His, so, like, and this was, this was the funny part of the story. He's going around telling all this. He hoodwinks the whole city. Like they, like the he, had, he came in the gym. He had stolen medal. He claimed he was a, a gold medalist or a bronze medalist for the Olympics, the Junior Olympics in boxing. Yeah, junior the Junior Olympics. Olympics. Yep. And um, said so he trained with Roy Jones. He, yeah, he trained with Roy Jones Jr. He trained with all these people, and he had an article from the packet to prove his story when he showed up. <laughs> that was like, this is who he is. This is his record. This is the person he beat in his last fight, because they just literally went on his word from it. Like they just literally just took his word. What would make someone like that want to go? Because he's a, he was a legend. He became what would, a legend. What would but make he, the but he stepped, in, here but he stepped in, check that, He though. stepped into a place and he had, on, on his right. own omission. Well, he, he took a fight after that too. They matched him against a guy who had never fought before, uh, like a like basically a guy he had done a little bit of amateur, and it was a slug match. It was a pretty good fight, but this dude was uh, like any good boxer should have killed this guy. This guy that he fought. And uh, Oliver matched him up very fairly, but announced him as O and O. Like he had to fight because it was a sanctioned fight; they couldn't lie, you know. And he, but he stood up there in front of everybody like he had done nothing wrong, just waving like, 
you know, and then they matched them up with a guy with more experience, but there was 0 and 4 or 0 and 5 or 1 and 4. 0 and 4. He's 1 and 0. The other guy's 0 and 4. He should kill that guy, right? You would think. He got murdered. Well, not only that, if you've, and goes back to this, if you've got that many fights on your belt, 19 and 1, this and that, your cardio should be in somewhat shape. Yep. Both of them, ga- they were gassed uh, yeah, they were in dead. the first damn minute. It's like something is not right yeah. here. He was, he was honestly. I think something's off with him, and he moved to Tuscaloosa or something after that. But is I think he got, is he gone? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, he might be back now. I don't know. But he had uh, he ended up blocking me from his socials yeah. because if I saw him post something, Call I would, I'd start calling him out. I was like, "Hey, buddy, this isn't true." Because yeah. uh, he he took a picture of his ID card and covered up where it said ID card. It was mm. like he was like, "This is my boxing license, everybody. This is my boxing license." You don't get a boxing license like this when you get a li- a boxing license. You don't get like What do you mean, Jake? Come you on. don't get an actual card. No, that was his card. That, that, that's what that's what told everybody that these were weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, well Where I was going with that though I've never that, got that one. the mats don't lie. Right. That, that the K's don't lie, the mats don't lie. It, you circled that good there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the mats don't it lie. It really doesn't. And so um and that's also how I, why I know I'm not the best. That's why, like, people think I'm being like humble. It's like no, like, there's I'm not. There's proof in the pudding. I'm really not. I'm yeah. really like I, like you, when you look at my me compete, you look at the people I fought against, you look at my opponent's records and stuff, and just honestly, like, I'm just like I'm really I'm I'm really like a mid fighter. Like, if, if that's the reason I didn't go pro is I was like, okay, best case scenario, I move. I, I you know I fought like pro boxing and stuff, but the reason I didn't go all in and try to pursue the dream of being like a UFC champion, like I. I, I already knew where I sat. Like, if I bought in, went all in, put in all the work, I truly believed, whether it was true or not, but I truly believed the best-case scenario was I'm going to be a gatekeeper for the guys who are special enough to go to the next level. I mean, and I just had no when did that happen? Was it, was it when, you, when you met an Eric Anders yeah. or an Alan Belcher and, and, and you saw, like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Next level. Yeah, I just realized, like, okay, whatever he's got, I don't have. You know, that little that little bit of extra special. Because I was, like, I was, I was, I was kind of special. In that regard, do you think that uh, – is there any amount of training or discipline that could get you there? Or do you think I, it's just God-given at that point? I do, honestly, think both. I think both. I think, uh, I think there absolutely is a way to train. And um, a way that you could get there, that I could get there. I feel so too. Um, if you have the resources, most definitely. For me, though, you would have to leave. I had a. That's what I mean. I, my my scenario was was if I did leave, I would not have made it to be a, a really good gatekeeper for people at the next. Like like I couldn't have been a like a Donald Cerrone or something like that. Even like, and he was a really good gatekeeper. Honestly, he was a little better than a gatekeeper. Like I'm talking about the guys you've never heard of on the card. I'm talking about the guys that that that. Don't quite make it to the UFC. The guys who you know they fight and they do okay on their local circuit, but they're they're never gonna be they're never going to the big show and staying there. Like you might get to one or two UFC fights and probably get cut. You're, you're not you know what I mean? Like and that's a lot of people. Like you got a lot of those guys that are you know what their mindset's pretty good. Like they work really hard. They outwork everybody around them. You know, but. They're damn good fighters. They, they're damn good. Oh, they're, they're amazing. And on the local fighters. level, they yeah. were beasts, yeah. monsters. And then they, they get to that next level, and it just – there's a gap there. 
and MMA and fighting just, has gained so much momentum over the past. Yeah, two the level right? of athletes. Oh my God, yeah, it's just, dude, yeah, it's, yeah, the level of athletes in it. It's yeah. just getting better and better every day. I mean, every we have year. local promotions, like honestly, absolute killers I, too. I could, have, like, yeah, the guys on these local shows are monsters for sure. The guys debuting as amateurs are good. These guys are good. good These guys are like they're getting it. They're coming in as amateurs, just starting out. Really and, hot. And, and putting on good they're shows. They're better fighters yeah. than a lot of the pros were when I started. Like Can't I believe I could have made it to the UFC and done pretty well in 1999. Like I think I could have done pretty well in 2005. <laughs> like I think I could have went pretty far in 2005. 2000. You go back and I, I watched the, the athleticism and the movement and everything of these guys at the next level. Just the athleticism of these guys in like '99, Man, he was 2000, 21. I was nine, eleven, and ten. What you mean I was twenty-five? Well, you've been fifteen at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have been fifteen. I was too young. Yeah. I was too young. But at that at that age, I could have done it. That, because Were you paying because attention the level to of, it at that level? No, not but really. But you got d- young dudes now fighting like that. Uh, the dude that fights on Jamie's card a few years back, what's his name? Uh, Ethan? He was Ethan fighting, Birmingham? Yeah, he was oh, fighting st- at 17 and was putting yeah, on shows, dude. Crushing Putting on people. a clinic. Dude. Crushing <laughs> dudes. He's one of those guys that I say are, they're a little different. They're a little yeah. special. Like, he'll he'll go to the UFC if he's still Like good. old buddy on the picture right there, Richie. Yeah. Richie. Yeah, he, I think Ethan Birmingham... Richie had fun fights to watch. Yeah, yeah. Richie, Richie had some <laughs> really fun, fun fights. Ethan fun fights to watch. Yeah. Oh, man. Ethan's they're, a monster. Yeah, and Richie could have been. If Richie yeah. had put in that same level of dedication and focus. And, and Richie was, I think, a little scared to to fail maybe. Um, but he could have been extremely good. He yeah, could have been was, probably the best fighter. He was extremely talented, yeah. Um, and he started at like 11. Killing. He 14, was doing what? 13, Jiu-Jitsu 14, tournaments? 13, 13 14, 14, yeah. yeah. Started young. That played a big role. He just, I mean, he'd been doing it for five, six, seven years. And the thing about him, know? he absorbed every bit of it. Yeah. Like, like it was just basically yeah. how fast could I teach yeah. with everybody? Like, how much was everybody else there going to hold him back? I mean, in your years of teaching and like running this show, I mean, there had to be those people that came through that. Yes, a few you, that are you, just special. You could, yeah. you could just tell. Yeah. I've had a couple that were just special. Yeah. You just, they just, they Mo, just I mean, special. what do you think, Mo? About all that. Yeah, I agree with some people. Like, honestly, just from what I've done, a little lot to, to make sure most people think that I'm not doing here, sorry. Uh, but just a little bit of years that I've been in, I've been going on seven years with Jake here. And I even I've noticed, like, some guys. They're just different. Like, they just got just it. Different. Yeah. Todd. I when, don't know when, how to explain it. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. dude. It's not I even. Forget about him. Yeah. Man. He could have been. Yeah. We had a guy uh, he was named a, Ty. He played. He was collegiate football. Yeah, yeah, he played at East Mississippi Community College. He was a linebacker. He was his athleticism was it was almost it was unmatched. honestly he was the best athlete probably because he was mobile. His he brain just so absorbed. He was wow, he was super man. strong and his brain absorbed it. He you could get a you get a month of training in in three or four sessions with him. Like he just he just got it. He was he so just, you taught him and he got it. And I mean he was giving purple belts a run on his first day. I mean, they were smaller and weaker than him. But he was getting in there That's one with thing purple was, belts that were pretty good. I was going to say to Ben Hardy on the last episode, one of the things he was asking for tips, and that was one thing I was going to say to him, is no matter where you're at in your journey to control your breathing, but Ty, it didn't matter what you did, he was going to wear you down, and he was going to give you some damn work. You yeah. can control your breathing or not, but you're going to be He's going to get a little tired. Oh, you were, he was he tough. Just, he had that natural athleticism. He didn't gas. Yep. Like, some people just don't gas. They just don't get tired. He did not. And then if you if you mix, like the, like Eric Anders was saying in an interview I was listening to, that he's never been really tired in a fight. That just baffles me, dude. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I mean, he played football at Alabama and was a beast. He never looked tired on the field. That so I feel like me. I'm – Bro, MMA is so much harder than football. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, I'm not comparing like, the on two. conditioning. Yeah. You know, on, on the amount of wind you got to have. Dude, I've never been – like, anytime I left the first round, last fight, I was so I, tired last, I couldn't breathe. Last fight of yours, after the first round, I saw you going in after that round was over and you looked dead. Yeah. My last fight or my yeah. fight that I lost? Your last fight. My last fight, I didn't come out of the first round. You talking about boxing or MMA? I think it was boxing. My last one, yeah, I finished him yeah, in the first round. Yeah. Well, shit. Two blow. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't there. Okay. The last, I, I saw the last one at the trotter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my condition. And the thing, my condition was pretty good. And honestly, that was probably one of the least tired I've been. Like, I felt okay. I was I was breathing hard. But anytime I leave the first round, I'm breathing hard. Like, if I leave the first round, I'm huffing and puffing. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got – and that was, that was one of the big things with me with these guys at the next level. I'm strong enough that I can hang in there with them for a little while. You know what I mean? Like, my strength, I could use all the strength I had and, like – and most people can't. Most people, all the strength – like, I'm, I can be competitive for, you know, if I'm using a lot of strength and I'm kind of muscling, I can do it for – I can stay competitive for five minutes, you know, three minutes to five minutes, but um, – I'm not so good, you know, even with high-level jiu-jitsu guys. Like, I'm just – I'm not so good that I can maintain the pace to stay competitive. And it, part of it – and you, you might say it's conditioning, and I'm 100% I'm, I'm with you. 100% my conditioning isn't where it needs to be, especially because I'm not rolling with really good people. Yeah, that I was going to ask you, is like, what is it like like rolling with Allen? Uh, Allen's actually – That's my elbows. I think I broke my ankle rolling with Allen. You, you roll with Belcher? I can usually – yeah, he, he, he came in here and rolled there. I rolled cool, my ankle. Man. popped like nine times that day, and he uh, looked at me, and he, he said – I got up and stood up, and I walked, and he said, it ain't broke. Let's finish out the round. I was like, God, no, yeah. I think I just broke my ankle and went right back at it. Yeah, he, he don't let you like, he's he's was, He was such a phenom. Like, when I was getting in the USC, he was somebody that I was a huge fan of. Uh -huh. And it was wild when I learned that you knew him. And I was like, yeah. oh, he's like oh, down-home yeah. people. I'm excited yeah. about him getting back in MMA. Yeah, man, I'm definitely going. You're going to it? Oh, I'm going. Hey, that's that's nice. I'm going. I'm definitely going. I'm not going to miss him fighting. I mean, he's been battling in combat yeah. sports for basketball, but to be – and this is bare-knuckle right? MMA. Yeah. So, to be back in the full MMA with bare-knuckle, I'm excited to yeah. see. And is he's that, massive, dude. He's a massive. He's lost, he's lost that league, Is that Dan O'Reilly shit? That's a Jorge Masvidal. That's Jorge Masvidal. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's dope. Well, that's game-bred. Game-bred fighting. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's Jorge Masvidal, him and uh, – They're out of Miami, right? I believe so. Something like that. I don't actually know where they're based. They're not fighting there, though. No, they're fighting Biloxi. Oh, dope. Because, yeah, well, you know, while they do that, is Mississippi's commission lets, I mean, bare knuckle, you're pretty, like, I got I got the okay to do bare knuckle MMA as really? a promoter. Yeah, he was, I just, I mean, the funds for it. But he was like, well, I let them do bare knuckle boxing, so I don't know why I wouldn't let, let y'all do bare knuckle MMA. Like, they just, and Mississippi's commission is just a lot more lax. You better burn the tarp after that. That's going to be blood. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's going to be bloody. On that, uh, yeah, he's fighting. On that car he, too, yeah, he? he is. He's fighting Roy Jones, uh, not Roy Jones. Uh, uh, Big Roy Nelson. Remember that one, the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. Beat, beat Kimbo and the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. Bruh. Bruh, it's going to be epic. I'm That's definitely gonna going. That's going to be a good fight, dude. We should I, all go. I'm, I'm going for sure. Y'all want to ride? Let's ride. Man up, crew. Man up. Let's go. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to the fight. Yeah, I wanted to ask y'all something, something I've been thinking about. And, like, uh, I guess for the teenage years, it would maybe start at 15, so that would be a five-year span. And I, I just stepped into my 30s. You have too, but like I, I've been like reflecting, like okay, the five years, five to you know twenty in my teens, twenty to twenty nine, and now thirty to thirty two, like things that uh, I've been reflecting and learning, 
And uh, like in my 30s where I'm at, and I guess this was the advice, it, it came up because I was talking to a guy. He's 24. He came up to the open mic. He was asking for advice about music and like pushing this thing. And I was like, dude, where you're at, you're doing fine. Like you're trying, you're you're working, you're working hard enough. You're doing all that you need to do. Uh, at this time, that's fine. And he put the question back to me. He's like, "Well, what the fuck is your problem?" <laughs> and so, and then I, and then I started thinking about. it. I was like, "Well, my teenage years, my twenties, and where I am now. What am I doing?" Yeah. I mean, so, what, what, uh, what, have, what have you kind of learned, like, on the track that you're on, how it started, and where you are now? I just, I feel like what it's goes that, that saying, you know, it may be a cliche saying, but everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. You know, your your track may be longer or shorter than mine. My track may, may be, but the the end goal is to to be the best version of yourself, I guess. Yeah. But do you like the version that you got right now? I don't, and that's why I've made these changes lately. Um, but I mean, it's hiccups. You got hiccups, you know. Oh yeah, I got hiccups. I'm in, a, I'm in a major hiccup right now, but I'm finna get out of it. Yeah, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it's totally different now that I'm in my thirties. My thirties, I, I, I really had a, I really had a significant. I think that's when dudes start striving for real. Yeah. I was, for me. I had to come to terms with um, shutting, shutting a door on a part of my life, and that's hard. And it's hard opening, to shut doors, though. yeah, and opening another, and um, recalibrating what my values were. So for, for for me, my opinion, the reason I did this for a living was for so long was if I can figure out a way to make my living doing this, I'll never work a day in my life, right? That was my, that was my, my, my thought pattern. I, I'll do what I love every day, and therefore... Um, I mean, how crazy did you sound when you were starting the gym on the east side? I, oh, crazy is a loon, but what I learned now is a different direction. What I'm learning now is you need to make sure that you need to... Hey, what's the most important thing, and what do you want out of life? Like what? What is your expectation of your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. If you want, if you're okay at this expectation of lifestyle, and you're on that trajectory, then good, fine, that's awesome. Like you, you, um, you're doing great. But if you're looking at your trajectory and you say, okay, the vehicle that I'm in can't get me there, even mm-hmm. though I love what I'm doing every day, even though I love what I'm doing, if it can't get me to the outcome, it doesn't matter how much I love it. The outcome's got to still has to be made, yeah. and I had to come to terms with the fact that just doing this gym by itself um, wasn't cutting it. And for the last couple of years, I've known that. And so for my thirties, I, I, that's what happened in my thirties. It was like, okay, you've done this. You see what it's going to take. You see the effort you have to put in. You see what the reward is going to be. You've you've kind of you've you've really done well in this market. You see the problems you're going to have scaling. Are you okay with what you're going to be able to do in this vehicle, or do you want to get into another vehicle? Do you want? Do you want to? Okay, I'm not saying I'm going to close the gym, but but and do I want to? Do I want more out of my life than what this is going to be able to give me? And at that point, I started kind of agreeing with my parents and my grandparents. 
Like, you know, when I started, everybody would tell you, you know, don't turn your hobby into your career. You're not going to make enough money, yada, yada, yada. And the thing is, my hobby could have made them enough money for them to be happy, but it's not going to make me enough money. Like, I, I can compete with other middle class people, you know, but I'm never going to be really rich. I'm never going to know what the other half looks like what do you mean running by, an MMA gym, probably. What do you mean by your grandparents and your parents? Were, well, you know, when, they when weren't you, discouraging you. Were no, they? no, no, no. Well, one thing that my grand, my parents had told me was, see, my dad had failed. Um, he had started a gun store, and it had went under. And then he started an auto parts store, and it went bankrupt. Yeah. And so when my dad's 20s, he was trying businesses and um, based on what he really enjoyed, working on cars and guns. You're getting at what I'm asking. Oh, okay. And yeah. at 30, he his parts store went under, and he went back to work, and he started working hard and doing sales, and then he started his own business doing, doing other things and whatever. And him having gone through that in his 20s, he tells me, Jake, I'm going to tell you, don't make – don't pick what your career is going to be based okay. on just what you love. Yeah. Uh, you're only going to make so much money in the gym business. Now, I made way more than he thought I was going to make. Like, hey, I made Which way more good. than anybody thought I was going to make. Yeah. But he was right. He was right. I wasn't going to make the money I wanted to make in an MMA gym in Columbus, Mississippi. So I yeah. either needed to A, move, or B, get in a different vehicle. And even if I'm even moving, like, oh, it's, I mean, the, the, the hike to where I want to be is going to be tremendous, yeah. even with moving, you know. And, and there's just other vehicles – that get, that get me where I want to be. And so I think that practicality of, of you know what, like your job is driving your hobbies, your hobbies, and, and you need to be in a vehicle that's going to give you the lifestyle that you want and still find something that you love, mm -hmm. still love it, still you don't want to hate your life at work. Right. I mean, that's the majority of your life. And so find something that you love that's going to get you what you want out of life, and you know, but it needs to get you what you want out of life. And, right. and, and for me, that number is just a lot more than – what it is for a lot of the, like, I, like, I don't, I don't know what, I, and my problem is I, I have trouble defining where that number is. That's fine. Uh, man, in my twenties, I was, you know, accruing debt from college, student loans. Uh, I had, I, I was learning who I was as a person. I was figuring out what I was good at, what field I would fall in when it came to work and, uh, taking ventures. Uh, I, I learned that I was good at sales. I learned that I was good in electronics. And, you know, I work in both of those things now. And now I'm spending my 30s mastering that. Mm -hmm. And I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm good at. And, I mean, I think that's, like, what I'm thinking about for maybe someone in their 20s who just doesn't have it figured out. It's like, dude, you that is where you're supposed to mm -hmm. fuck up. Yeah, I agree with that. Go out and try some yeah. shit. Just go out and, and, and go for it. And, that, and that's kind of what I did. And and I'm in my 30s now paying for my mistakes from my 20s. But, yeah. hey, it's okay. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, you pay for your mistakes the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think that one of the things that holds a lot of people back is they're, they're trying to avoid mistakes. And when you're getting into something new, and I don't mean like mistakes like cheating oh, on your you wife. You try to avoid or, mistakes, you make mistakes. But, yeah, what I would say is like go out and just try shit. Make yeah. decisions. Get real good at just making quick decisions. And live with the consequences of those decisions. Like, yep. just get real good at that. If I were to yeah. say one thing, if you're going to be successful, get real good at just making a decision. It doesn't have to be the right decision. Because mm. most of the time, there is no right decision. And just go most ahead. of the time, you're, there just is decisions. I mean, don't, wear, don't wear your heart on your shoulder because you're going to fail at a lot of fucking shit, right. dude. dude. I mean, Halen from Texas ended up in Columbus, Mississippi. I mean, how, I mean, 
Alan, he is just hosting this Who's you in your fucking 20s, man? I mean, like, what do you say to that person now that where you're, you, where you're at now, you know? Nice tits. Yes. Sorry, I'm trying, nice I'm trying to be Tyler now. <laughs> I'm just missing Tyler. I need some co- comedy relief. So Yeah, because I, I came right out of the Marine Corps in my 20s and I thought I was supposed to hit the ground running. On bitches. And went, yeah, on bitches <laughs> and went <laughs> straight into a wall, dude. That's like I was saying, you're going to fail, man. You're going you're gonna to fail and you're going to fail in again and fail again. But damn, just like I know it's another cliche thing, but fuck, just get back up, dude. Yeah. And yeah. climb over that fucking wall. That's it. That's that's I what hate most saying people, cliche things, yeah. but fuck, they're true. Yeah, that's that's why yeah. that's that's where a lot of people fail is they hit the fucking wall and then they sit there in front of the wall like, well, fuck. Yeah. And this is this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little different than what y'all are saying. A lot of people hit that fucking wall and then you stand in front of that fucking wall like, well, doing pretty good. Or, I can go. I'm doing good. Or you revert and go backwards, right? And you're like, oh damn, I guess I'll just stay. I'll just stay here. I'll, I'll stay just in this keep, mud puddle back here that's not making me any damn yeah, money. I just keep keep doing this. Well, you know, I didn't go to didn't finish high school. I'm working at McDonald's as a fry girl. Like, I guess I'm just gonna keep doing this. Yeah. You know, like I hit this wall. Well, this is just as good as I. I'll tell y'all a story, man. Get it. And I ain't gonna use nobody's name. Please do. But I had a friend, and I spent a lot of time <laughs> at this friend's house. A lot of time at this friend's house. And their, his parents had not done especially well. They had not done terrible. They had not done especially well. Excuse me. Um, Damn, was that loud? I shouldn't have done that on me. She was just. No, you should have. His mom was just real negative about it. His mom told him all the time, the reason why we didn't do better is because, and his mom thought he was doing a good thing. Oh, he's putting it on him? No, no, wasn't putting it on his brother. Uh, he was like, the reason we didn't do better is because we got pregnant in high school. We got pregnant in high school, and if you have a kid in high school, your life's over. You're on, you're 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 gonna live a you're gonna live a, a sad miserable life. You're never gonna accomplish anything. You're never gonna do anything. You're never gonna have experiences. All this shit, right? And th- what they're thinking is, if I put enough fear in him, mm-hmm. he won't get a girl pregnant in high school. It's a manipulation tactic. But that ain't what happened. Mm-hmm. He had a one night stand with a girl. I believe. Oh Lord. I don't. I don't gonna say where she was from, but had a one night stand with a girl. Apparently nutted in her. Had a baby with a girl he barely knew. Just met. Okay. He knows her for the rest of his life. Well, <laughs> and she, she was a sweet girl, actually. Sweet girl. Beautiful. Great girl. Right? Great girl. You know, so it's good to the kid. Wanted him to be involved. He really ain't been involved. But then every time something comes up about, why well, I'm not successful because I got a kid in high, had a kid in high school. He just has this limited belief that was just mm. downloaded onto him every day. He ain't paying no child support. He ain't hardly seeing this kid. But, but somehow the kid is ruining his life. Dude. Somehow the kid's ruining his life. And, I, but not only that, his, his, his parents, his parents owed him a badass his, apple, dude. But on accident. That's why you got to be careful the shit you say in front of your kids. Dude, I have a hard time with that, too. I, like, you think I, you're doing I, something good. I have to good, catch myself because in front of my kids, I, I, I say it all. I say shit I know I shouldn't say. Yeah. Like what? It, oh, dude, it, it, it take a damn I, I see. I see one of the ones that a lot of people don't think about is, like, money's hard to make. Um, like, like money doesn't grow on trees. Fuck that. Um, yes, it does. There's a paycheck on every corner, uh, everywhere. Money's everywhere. There's, there's. We live in an infinite world. Like, there's, like, we have so much abundance. It's ridiculous. Dude, there's, go there's, get there's it. enough for everybody. Go get the bag. There's enough for everybody. You just got to step out and go get it. Yeah. Go, go have some balls. You know what I mean? And then we tell kids like, I can't. We can't afford this. We can't afford. This. Like, you just download these ideas. Oh, if you have kids. Your life's over. Oh, once you get married, sex is gone. Like, like you just download these limited ideas in the kids' heads all day long, thinking we're preparing them from the world, but really we're just preparing them for failure because in the same failure that we had. 
We're just, we're just, we want them to continue the same cycle of failure that we have yeah. is really what it is. I don't know if I told this story or not. It's, it's fitting for this guy I went to high school with, graduated with. He finished toward the bottom of the class. Fairly simple, not retarded, but just simple. And um, his parents and everyone that ever knew him told him that he would never amount to anything other than working at the Pulpwood place down the street. What's he doing? He's at the Pulpwood place down the street, yeah. and he's been there. And yeah. that, and he believed that yeah. lie, and he accepted it as fact. Yeah. And it has, even though what it, they were trying to do was scare him mm. and to straighten it up so he didn't have to work at the Pulpwood factory. Instead, what they did was shaped his identity to the guy who works at the Pulpwood factory. <laughs> and that is his identity. Yeah, That's See, that, all he knows. You have to know how to use the reverse psychology on folks. And sometimes, it, like you say, it can be detrimental. Yeah, to like and it, it really can. Yeah. Like you think you're doing one thing, but, it, yeah. you know, um, where, and what we need to be telling kids is, hey, no matter what happens, you can rise above it. For sure. Whatever mistake you make, like God's going to forgive you, you can forgive you, <laughs> I'm gonna and forgive you can you. move on, yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. still be successful. Yeah. You can still have a great life. Tomorrow's a brand new day, baby. Tomorrow's a brand new day. There's plenty for everybody. For sure. There's so much in this world. Like, I was, I get so upset, man, reading these comments. I was on some comments on a, uh, Titties. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> you needed, we needed it, man. We need, yeah, we need Tyler that today, man. Our conversation has been serious as a motherfucker today. We ain't had no serious ones in a while. Uh, right? That's true. Yeah. That can't be a bad thing because people get used to one thing yeah. and then you change it up on them. Um, I just want to be real with y'all today. We just need Tyler to, to drop some titties in every once in a while. Um, <laughs> he caught you, though. Yeah, I don't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. Told you for I, I don't either. Yeah, it was oh yeah, it was uh it was um we were just talking about limited thinking and how yeah, yeah, like yeah. like you just you just say this shit and it downloads in your kid's brain. But I don't remember the point that I was making. Um Logan, you wind it back. <laughs> but they're absolutely that's absolutely a fact, man. Like like the your your kids are listening and like we live in a world that there is there's just Oh, I remember what it was. I was talking about comments on uh, <laughs> social videos. Media. Social yeah. media. There was a video that was, and it was talking about the ways to become a millionaire. And I get, I just, I was like, and I knew, I, not, I knew not to do it. I knew not to do it, but I had to do it anyway. I, I clicked on the comments, and everything in the comments was like, uh, step six, find a bunch of people to exploit. Step seven, like, uh-huh. like, oh, you forgot to leave out where you completely fuck over everybody and mm-hmm. and you steal their money. And it's like, oh man, you your parents really messed up with y'all, huh? Pyramid schemes. Your your your, your parents absolutely messed up with you because you think that the only way to be successful in life is if you're a crook because that's what your parents tell you. You guys, you ride around the rich neighborhood and your parents who are jealous, they're just mad because they ain't made that much money and they get in these rich neighborhoods and and every rich person, they may not say all rich people are broke, are crooks, but every rich person you talk talk to them about, oh, he's a crook. Oh, he's just a crook. He's out of scam. And maybe he is. I'm not saying he's not, but they can't all be. There's a lot of great people that became millionaires. There's a lot of great honest, hardworking people that started businesses and those businesses did well because they were honest and they kept their word and people knew they could count on them and they made a lot of money and, and they became millionaires. Like that's just a fact. That's just the way, this is the way some people did it. You, mm-hmm. But your parents have downloaded this idea into your brain that everybody who's a millionaire is a crook. Therefore, you can never be a millionaire because you're not a crook. And you'll spend your whole life thinking that shit. And the whole time, because you're scared to chase your dream, you're scared to go make a bunch of money, you're going to go punch a time clock working for a millionaire. 
You want to know something funny? Capitalism I've, works, by the way. I've had that mindset for a lot of my life, yep. really, thinking that I couldn't make money because if I did it, I was going to either have to shortchange somebody or get over on somebody. You got to shake that shit off you. I've, dude, I've had to shake that off the past several years because yep. of that reason. I'm like, I'm like, man, if I start this business, if I over, what, what if they think I'm overcharging them? Or right. what if I do this? Is that scamming folks? Am I scamming somebody this and that? But it's a mindset you had to break through. Here's the thing about and I capitalism, and this is the thing about uh, are you scamming people? Here's the question. Are you lying to them? If you are lying to them, yes. Yes, you're scamming them. If you're selling them snake oil, telling them it's going to cure their whatever, you're a scam artist. Dude, that's so fucking funny because when we're working these shows with Munson and Brothers and we're selling beard oils and bombs and these these 19, 20-year-old guys walk up and he's like, will it help with uh, the, the, the patches? And I was like, I don't sell miracles. Right. And you yeah, know what they yeah. always do? They buy it anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Because I was honest with them. fucking honest with them. Yeah, we don't. It's not going to help a miracle, brother. <laughs> it fucking it's smells not. good. Yeah. Damn it. The blue can? Yeah. Where, oh, where yeah, it is cologne? That shit is fire. Yeah, I always put some on it. Yep, I've been. I, that's the one thing I, I always make special trips up there I just to get my beer. Some. I just got oh, shout out, out to you, Munson. Free advertisement here, but yeah, yeah you know. Anyway. What's the name of that blue can y'all got? Sweet mint. No, no not the sweet mint. <laughs> the other one. It's not sweet mint. No, sweet mint not, don't smell that good. I'm talking about the beard oil. Yeah, yes. There's one that's called we sweet mint. Oh, y'all are talking about Zen. Zen. That's yeah, it, I think baby. this is Zen. Yeah, everything, that's the everything's one. Zen. I was going to say, no, I thought you I've said got some in my truck right now, so I can go out and check. But yeah, it's Zen. It's fire. Yeah, it's good. It's good good stuff. Anyway, good stuff. Free advertisement. <coughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, Twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, Pe- people not being uh, people not being limited thinking when it comes to money. Yeah, I think and titties. That's been and titties and titties yeah, and tits. Everybody loves titties. Here's the thing: if you make more money, you can see more tits. For you know what sure, I mean? and you can start spelling it with two D's instead of two T's. T D's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like money. It. I actually like it better with two D's. We all do. Yeah, <laughs> double D's. Baby. That's the way it goes. Two D's. <laughs> <laughs> Derailed him again. Yep, I was done. I, I'm I'm just on this train what, now. What minute we on, Moberry? Oh, shit. Oh, we're yeah, we're almost done. Well, then well, I appreciate done. you uh, allowing me to host this episode. Yeah, it's been good, man. <laughs> I, good. You interviewed me and Wes both. That's good. That's good I, stuff. I just want to know where y'all are sometimes. Yeah, we love talking about ourselves. Yeah. Probably my oh, favorite man. topic. It's my favorite topic, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yourself or myself? Uh, all of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're friends here. We're building each other up. Yeah, that's exactly. a fact, man. Want the, exactly. want the very best for all of us. Facts. I'm excited for you to want, want to come in here and, and see how it is to get punched in the face because we've often said this before, and a friend of ours, Kevin Fitzpatrick, too. That uh, That's actually where it came shout from. Shout out Kevin Fitzpatrick. My, my closest friends. We, not, how can you be close friends never, if you ain't punched each other yeah. in the face yet? We have never officially met, but he and I correspond on Facebook Messenger oh, he's more, a cool than, dude. He's yeah, one he's a more than anybody. And Probably he, one of the more we, significant we, people we, in my past. We became friends the day after I interviewed you and uploaded that episode. Oh, really? And we corresponded ever since. Wow. And I want Kevin to punch me in the face. Yeah. yeah. You know that's, what I mean? That's, yeah. Shit, that's going to be just equal as powerful as Drake. He's probably, a big fella. Yeah, I don't know. Our weight's probably pretty similar. Where's he at now? What part of the country? Georgia. 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 They used to come in town all the time for the w- MUW homecoming. Ever since homecoming. Ever since uh, COVID. COVID shut that shit down, yeah. man. He ain't been back. He'd come back once a year and we'd all kind of hang out. But so, That's a guy I want to meet. Shout out to you, Kevin. He's a good dude. Maybe there. one day he'll, 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 make the, he'll make the trip back. Yeah, good stuff, man. Um, is that all we got? I guess so. Uh, 
and shout outs on uh man follow us uh right review subscribe do all that stuff uh yeah. appreciate y'all right reviews prescribe yeah all three of those yeah mm-hmm. check out the uh, mississippi superman on uh tiktok facebook instagram and yep. youtube um, make sure that you go like some videos, uh, share them, like them, uh, put them on your socials. Help us find Tyler. That's it. Help us find Tyler. He's been missing for three days, four days, something like that. Uh, I'll be a week by the time you hear this. Yeah. So help us find him. Um, we're praying for him. Uh, make sure you go check out the Mana Podcast on YouTube. Uh, also, wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.